With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice with Chad and Rich How, your host. Bringing you, uh, bringing you the last episode of 2022. Can you believe it, Rich? I can't even believe this year has flown by so quick. It really does. It's, it's really insane. true. It's really true. They say when you're a kid, they everyone tells you when you get older, <laughs> yeah. the, day, the days just fly by, the years fly by. I did not understand that when I was young, younger, when yeah. adults used to tell me that, but it is so true. It's insane. It's crazy. Did you have a good Christmas? How was your Christmas? It was good. So it was actually legitimately cold down here in Florida. Oh, yeah. It was it was in the low 30s here in the Tampa Bay area. They said wow. it was the coldest Christmas in over 30 years on record here in, in uh, the Tampa Bay area. And when it's cold, they weren't lying when they when it's cold here, it feels colder than the actual temperature because you're getting that ocean breeze, that ocean air. So the the air feels like really wet and damp. It makes your clothes feel damp. Yep. This all all it's taken is five months for me to for me to become very, very weak in the cold weather. It took me five months. I don't exactly remember your travel schedule, but I think you made it back to Florida in time to avoid the zero degree weather. Um and the snow and the um it was actually like minus nine here. Uh, That's crazy. Saturday morning. Yeah. Cr- yeah. Uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah. It was uh, like minus nine or something. It was. Uh, so, yeah. yeah you'd have I, died. <laughs> I got back to Florida like a day or two before the bottom fell out across the yeah. entire country in terms of temperatures. And yeah. I got extremely lucky getting on an airplane two days before the whole, because I don't know if you've seen the news, but the airlines are just a disaster right now. Like thousands upon thousands of flight cancellations, people literally sleeping on the floor Mm -hmm. in airports. People can't find their luggage. Their luggage is lost, never to be found ever again by the airlines. I got extremely lucky, didn't run into any major problems on the airlines really other than a few delays here and there. So I got extremely lucky. That was a, that was a good early Christmas present for me. And yeah. I got fortunate enough to not have to spend the night in an airport. You got another good Christmas present too, though. You got what to go that? to Bridgestone. And see them win. My luck and continues. See when, them win. My luck continues. When I'm in attendance at Bridgestone Arena, it brings <sighs> out the best in the Nashville Predators. I'm just saying, I don't, I'm not saying I have some type of special powers or anything, but you, I'm just saying maybe. every time I'm in Bridgestone Arena, every time I'm in the building, they, it brings out the best in this team. They snapped a six-game losing streak on that, that was, night, and that Good. we're gonna t- we're gonna talk about it yeah. a little bit. We've yeah. missed five games since the last episode of Catfish yep. on Ice. This is episode one sixty-five. It's the last episode before we roll into twenty twenty-three. Still can't believe I'm saying that, but nope. we've got a. We're gonna quickly recap those five games we missed. Of course, the big crown jewel of that five-game slate that we missed was probably their best win of the season, arguably. A 4-3 overtime win against 
an up and down Oilers team, but I got to tell you, being in attendance there, yep, being in attendance at that game, that the Predators played a complete sixty minute game, and they had to play a complete sixty minute game to beat that Oilers team that night, and, and we, barely beat them. <laughs> we've got a commenter here on YouTube yep. jumps in, Boyce Cannon, aka Country Boy, says, "I hope to see the Predators can turn this season around." Yeah, we're right there with you, Boyce. We are right there so with too. you. There's still. There's still a razor thin amount of time where they could do that. Money Puck gives the Predators an 18% chance to make the playoffs right now if they beat the Stars on Tuesday night, which we're going to preview that wow. matchup. Wow. So, I haven't seen that. But I mean, we, you know, Rich, we've done this over the years doing the podcast. We always like to follow the playoff probabilities. And what was the one year when their playoff odds were like 3%? 4%, it was very low. It was and like they still made year, it. Was it last year or the year before? It was last year. Pretty sure it was last year. And yeah. I, I would venture to say the majority of fans at this point don't even want the Predators to make the playoffs anymore. They're so over it and past it. They don't. And it's sad. It's sad that the fan base has reached that point. I get it. But mm-hmm. it's just between the Predators and the Titans, there's something weird going on in Nashville. There's something in the air. There's something in the water. Both franchises are like mirror images of each other right now when it comes to ineptitude and mm-hmm. um, letting the fan base down. So maybe the Predators are – can still give us a glimmer of hope and make something special out of the season. But, I, think, um, I think something is in the air with the Predators, and I think its name is Barry Trotz. <laughs> uh, we're going to bring him up again. Thank God Kyle's not in the episode yet because he uh, would already be – I could see him rolling his eyes already. Yeah. We bring sure. in Barry Trotz again. Yeah. But we are going to talk about some realistic hopes, expectations, what we see happening in 2023 for this Nashville Predators franchise. I've got a major overall theme, and it's not going to be probably what anyone wants to hear. It's pretty bleak, but I think 2023 is going to be a major, game-changing, wild, fork-in-the-road year for this National Predators franchise. Definitely. the, the, The days of competing for Stanley Cups and making the playoffs and being relevant in the Western Conference are probably over for the foreseeable future. And I think it's all going to come to a head in 2023. I hope I'm wrong, but I just, I feel it's coming. Yep. Here's a voice again. Get rid of Hines. No. Well, yeah, he's beating the drum for about thousands upon thousands of (laughs) fans. Uh, But um, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll talk about it, but I remember, like a, like a month or two ago, we were like, "What's going to happen if they're not winning we, at the end?" We of We called this. We did this topic before the first yeah. game of the season was played. I'm pretty yeah. sure we and people yeah. laughed at us. So people were yeah. like, "Oh, Hines ain't yeah. going nowhere. What yeah. are you talking about? Well, You're crazy." He yeah. just signed a two year extension. Yeah. He's and he, I don't know now. I'm I, well. I don't know. That's that, 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 that kind of that rolls that into the whole twenty. That rolls into the 2023 outlook. We can move Hines into that yep. discussion in 2023 when For we sure. do that. Also, we're going to preview this Stars game that's coming up. If you're listening on, on Tuesday and you just downloaded the podcast, first of all, thank you. And if nice you're listening on your car ride home, you're probably not working right now. You're probably off work through the holidays. Yep. And you're getting to spend some time at home with some family, enjoying all your gifts from Christmas, whatever. Um, if you're listening to the podcast right now, the Preds play the Stars on Tuesday night. So um, match up. It's a big matchup, third meeting of the season. We're going to preview this matchup for you. And then to round out this episode, Taylor from Two Girls, One Stanley Cup. They cover the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. They cover the Dallas Stars. 
and she is puts out some great content, has a huge Dallas Stars following. And Got a lot she's, to be happy about right now. She's going to join the podcast <laughs> at the end of this episode, and she is going to tell us everything we need to know about the Stars. We're going to get her perspective from a Stars perspective on what she thinks about the Predators. Because I, I think we did it in the last episode. We did the top five current rivals, and I had the Stars as my top current yep. rival. So um, lots to get into there Puns. for episode 165. <clears throat> All right, yeah. Rich. So let me go. Let's get it opened up here, opening face-off. Let's recap the last five games that we've missed. Um, yeah, put it wow. on the bottom of the screen here. Of course, the the nice win over the Oilers got everything rolling. Um, that was such a good game. It was lots of um, you. You can't rest on your laurels when you're playing the Oilers, um, and and that was proof. That game was proof of that for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, let me say the most impressive thing about that game for me mm-hmm. was the Predators had the lead three different times over the course of that game. They scored the first yep. goal of the game. They went up two to one. They went up three to two. And of course, like you would expect, the Oilers kept pushing back mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, me being in attendance there, I was just being kind of the negative Nancy and thinking, you know what, they just don't have enough. And I, I, I kept waiting for the Oilers to get that go-ahead goal and send the Predators to another loss because mm-hmm. I got to tell you, this was not one of those games where the Oilers played a really bad game and the Predators just kind of like lucked into it. No, the Oilers actually played a pretty good game and the Predators played one of their best games of the season. That's, what it, to- that's what it took to get a 4-3 win. And it that took is what time it, to do it. Yeah, for sure. And the the one bad, if there's anything bad about the Oilers, it is their goaltending. And Jack Campbell is what happened to Jack Campbell? They that paid like a, him that so like a, much money. That oh looks like gosh. such a great offseason addition at the time. I, I remember thinking, wow, the Oilers just got their goaltender. That's what they were missing to win a Stanley Cup. They he has just fallen off. A, he's fallen off well, a cliff. Yeah, he had a really wow. bad. And he yeah. had a really bad game, analytically speaking. If I remember correctly, he was in the negative on goal yeah. saved above expected, whereas UC yeah. Saros was in the positive in that mm-hmm. game. So uh, the Predators yeah. won the goaltending battle there. Yep. Um, first of all, that was the first time I ever saw Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in person. Oh, wow. And That's probably pretty cool. It doesn't I mean, do the – t- the television does not mm-hmm. do it justice how freakishly inhuman oh, yeah. out of this world <clears> – <throat> Connor McDavid is the dude looked like he was getting shot out of a rocket skating mm-hmm. down the ice. And yep. in, in, in the overtime session, I can't, mm. it was crazy how Connor McDavid was just like, had all this speed and he could just effortlessly, effortlessly skate around defenders and make it look so easy. Saros had some really big saves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they pinned in Leon Dreisaitl and they finally did not let Leon Dreisaitl beat them. He was held scoreless. On yeah, the score sheet, sure. did not register a single point. That is yep. a welcoming sight, considering Drysaddle has regularly <clears throat> scored four to five points in his Preds career, going up against the Preds in his career. Not, so. Yeah, he did not own them that night. But it's about time. Ryan Nugent Hopkins sure did play pretty well. He had two goals, and then the other one was McDavid Jesse. had McDavid had a handful of assists, as you would expect. But um, yep. overall, it was yep. a win you really needed. It was, and For I got to sure. give I got to give a lot of credit to the crowd. I was. Not sure what kind of crowd was going to be at this game, you know, the week before Christmas. I just wasn't sure if fans were selling off their tickets. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that there would be a lot of Oilers fans there. I did not see a lot of Oilers fans at the game, which kind of surprised me a little bit. But I'm sure that's a hard trip to make this time of year. Yeah, for sure. 
I gotta say the it, the 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 arena was almost full. There were empty seats here and there. The all the upper deck was full. Really, the only seats I saw that was empty was here and there, scattered in the lower bowl. Mm-hmm. There were some empty seats, but it was almost a packed house, which kind of surprised yeah. me. So the crowd yeah. got loud. The crowd got louder as the game went on. It was kind of quiet to open the game, mm-hmm. and as they saw that the Predators were actually playing a really good game, the fans got behind them. And it was actually a pretty fun atmosphere, I must say, despite the team's struggles. So shout yeah. out to the fans for bringing for sure. it in on that occasion. And then shout out to the Predators defensemen. <laughs> Three yes. of the four goals. Yes. Scored by defensemen. Alex, Alexander Alexander Carrier has yep. been a welcome addition back. Ryan McDonough's back in the fold now. Yep. And what, one thing I've been saying is the Preds do not have the injury excuse right now. They've got no, pretty now. much everyone in their lineup with the exception of Mark Borowiecki, which, you know, obviously we hope he can make it back. I'm not, I still don't have any idea when he's going to be back. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a long road to recovery for him, but um, for sure. either yeah, way, um, the Preds are getting healthy. Tommy Novak gets the call and yep. What do you know? He's already been sent back to Milwaukee, but yeah, I saw that on Facebook. But I think they just did that so they don't have to pay him so much over the holiday. Yeah, I've seen I've seen <clears throat> back and forth on it that it was just a cat move and he's going to come right back up. Yeah, a little loophole to save a little money. Yeah. From what I saw, they didn't save that much money really in terms of salary cap. But if you can save money here and there, you're going to do it, even if it's a little bit. Yeah. So hopefully that's all it is because. You want to talk about another reason to enrage this fan base. If they oh, yeah. send down Tommy Novak for the long haul and they don't bring mm-hmm. him back up soon, he made such a noticeable difference right in his first couple yes, of minutes on the ice in his first game. He did, yeah. And, and that did. Edmonton game. That Edmund, Edmonton game was his first game mm-hmm. in the lineup. And yeah. he generated the first goal of the game for Matthias Uckholm by getting in the slot, yep. generated a rebound off of Jack Campbell, and Matthias Uckholm knocked it home. Um, in his second game back, he scores a goal. <clears throat> he made a big impact on the power play right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So the Predators, I'm hoping we'll find out tomorrow that uh, Novak's right back in the lineup, and that was just a little bit of a salary cap move. Yeah, I, I think what you said, if he's not in there tomorrow, the fans are going to go insane. I mean, it's going to be crazy because he played so well, like you said. You know, it's a, he, I mean, he, he definitely injected some life into a team that was struggling uh, heavily. so And that's what the fans want right now. They want to see the young players there, just like they wanted that last season as well. Mm-hmm. They want to see Novak in there. They want to see – it's awesome that Cody Glass is getting top six mm-hmm. minutes. That's something I'll give credit to the coaching staff yep. for. And they've left him up there and they've let him – what do you think, Rich? We haven't talked about this. What do you think, Rich, about how they demoted Mikel Granlin to the bottom six? I think he's just trying to do anything he can to get those guys motivated to play because he actually put uh, Johansson down there too. Um, yeah, man. The, I mean, like, those guys need to wake up. Like, Matt Duchesne, like in this Edmonton win, all defensemen scored except for Matt Duchesne. Like, that just seems really weird. It's 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 awesome. Well, and Matt yeah. Duchesne's been – once again, he's been a little snake bitten by some really good goaltending, mm-hmm. as sure. has Cody Glass. Cody Glass has mm-hmm. had plenty of good chances to put the puck between the, between the pipes, yeah. and mm-hmm. he, he's been the victim of some really good saves on the other end from goaltenders. Cody Glass is starting to figure it out. And, you know, shout out to Kyle Perkins, our co-host, who hopefully will be back after the holidays are over. Yep. He will be back with us for another episode. 
But Kyle Perkins, our co-host and good good friend, he called it from the start on Cody Glass. He has he been did. he has been beating the drum on Cody Glass for a long time, and mm-hmm. we're finally starting to see results on the ice from Cody Glass. He's getting elevated ice time. He's earned it since training camp, and it's only a matter of time before until he starts piling up the points. Oh, it's going to yeah, come. Yeah, but he's doing all these other great things. <clears throat> that's the only thing that's left is for him to really start piling up those points. It's going to happen for him. He's doing oh, yeah. all the right things right now. Yep, absolutely. And then Welcome if you look edition. At, you look at the other five games here. The Predators follow up that win over Edmonton with a 4-2 to two win over Chicago. Did you get a chance to watch that game? I did. I did watch that game. It was good. It's good. Chicago is really, really bad. They're so I, I bad. Go out, I was going to go on a limb and say that right now. And also, um, the Predators once again took a whole period off in that game. And if you're playing almost any did. other – you're playing almost any other team, you're probably going to lose. But since they were playing the Blackhawks, they still snuck out with the win. Yep. I think it was the second period in that game that they just seemed to fall asleep at the wheel. They they did. Um, a, a player for Chicago named Mackenzie Entwistle scored their second goal. I'm like, I don't even know who that is. I never even heard of him. But uh, they were actually losing at that point. It was yeah. uh, Nashville no, they, one, Chicago two. Yeah, and then they, they, they gave up like a couple goals really quick in a row to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And just, but um, – the Predators had a lot of things go their way because they were playing a bad team in that particular yep. game, probably the worst team in the league, a team that's clearly tanking and probably wants Connor Medard mm-hmm. really badly. But, um, yeah, the Predators scored to tie it at two in the last five seconds yep. of Matt that Duchesne. game. If Duchesne doesn't score that goal there, that could be a whole different game right there. And okay. then, yeah. That just changes yeah. the whole outlook of a game when you score in the last 10 seconds of oh, a yeah. like that. For sure. And and you, could, you could see it when they were playing. Like, that's just – that's demoralizing to any team. And then Roman yeah. Yossi's goal was just ridiculous. It was just – I don't know if you remember that goal from I Roman do. Yossi. Yeah. It was his seventh goal of the season. He scored yeah. two minute, less than two minutes into the third period. So, just like that, the Predators were back ahead. They never looked back. Tommy Novak yeah. gets the power play goal to, to ice it away. Yep. And so, yeah, the Predators got another win there, albeit against the Blackhawks, but you'll take it. Hey, man, you know what? You take them because any of these teams can beat any of the other teams on any given night. So. And then I will be the first to admit, I all I got to see were, was the highlights of the Preds-Avs game, the third meeting of the season. I know the yeah. Preds took them to overtime. It was a, another low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a point, but they still can't figure out a way to beat the ads. It's so infuriating. But um, all, I got a chance to look at the highlights. I got a chance to look at the box score, the analytics. But as far as watching the game in real time, unfortunately, I was not able to do that. Uh, Rich, yeah. did you get a chance to really catch the game, that game closely? I, I did. I did watch it. It was it was good. Soros, you know, he put up a good fight like he always does, and he definitely didn't deserve. Uh, that loss. Um, Duchesne, Duchesne scored another goal in that game, too. Duchesne's yeah. had a lot of personal individual success against mm-hmm. the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. He's like, he's like a, he's a goal, he's a goal per game player against the Avalanche. I saw For that sure. and I could not believe it. Yeah. If you look at right. his career record against the Avalanche, he scored yep. a goal in every game pretty much he's played against the Avalanche. Yeah. Ryan Johansson got one uh, from Novak and Yossi. So that was good. And then you know Colorado, they're missing a bunch of players, but they're still they're still dangerous. I mean, you cannot give them you know 
one little uh moment of of you can't take take any shifts off for sure because uh they'll they'll hurt you and they did i mean they did and and plus they started uh the overtime um colorado was on power play so that's this duchene is on a current four game goal streak right now Oh, yeah, there you go. So we're talking about these last five games. In four of these last five games since we last did our uh, last episode, yep. this current five-game slate we're recapping right now, Duchesne scored a goal in four of those five games. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That's good. That's what we want to see. Need, I, mean, the Predators, I mean, there's a reason why the Predators are one of the lowest-scoring teams in the league. It's because you're Matt Duchesne's, you're Philip Forsberg's, you're Mikael Granlin's, you're Ryan Johansson's, your top six players – Fords aren't scoring like they should. I do think to go back to Cody Glass, he's starting to make a difference there um, for sure. Um, So you need Matthew Shane to start cooking. And so four games in a row with four goals is a huge step in the right direction. Let's see if he can keep that up. You uh, you really need Philip Forsberg. (laughs) Yeah, this step man, that guy. I don't know what's going on. Well, la- so later in this later in this episode, we're bringing back pick one, lose one. <laughs> and for one. anyone who's uh, been listening to the podcast for a long time, we haven't played this game in a while. It's been, mm-hmm. I don't even know if we've played it this season yet. But nope. it's yeah, it's nope. a really straightforward and easy game. It's <coughs> we'll throw two players at each other on this current Preds team. You can keep one. You got to lose the other one. It's a hypothetical thing, of course. Yeah, and. Philip Forsberg, needless to say, is going to be one of mine for you, Rich. That's but fine. you'll have to wait on who the other player is yeah. that I give you to choose from. It used to be when we played, it was always, do you want to get rid of, is it Matt Deshane and Ryan Johansson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will steer, we'll steer clear of that one this time. Or you can – No, we won't do that one. And times that change. Means- I mean, what how we it felt is. about it last year might be different this year. So, true. who knows? Yeah. All right. And so, um, yeah uh, – so overall, it's a pretty good five-game stretch to maybe stop the bleeding a little bit, but they're yeah. still so far behind, and they've still got so much ground to make up that, that yeah. I mean, they they can't afford to really st- st- stumble at all anymore. I mean, I know we're not, I know we're not at the halfway point of the season yet, so it's a little overdramatic to say they can't stumble at all, but there's not a lot of room here to yeah. mess up anymore. Well, I was pulling up the the standings. So in the wild card, they've actually got a game uh, over uh, in hand against. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I got it in front of me here. They've actually okay. got th- they got three games in hand over Calgary, who is okay. six points ahead of them in the second wild card, and they've got one game in hand over the Minnesota Wild, yeah. who are seven points ahead of them. They've yeah. also got they've also got three games in hand over Edmonton, who is ahead of them in the standings. They've got two games in hand over the St. Louis Blues are ahead <laughs> of them. In fact, the Predators have played the fewest games in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, at the 32 Blues, games. They're tied with a few other teams who've also only played 32 yeah. games. So the um, water main break. Yeah. So you can take that into effect as well. Yeah. Um, but they're they're they are in a hole. They are in a hole, and you, you know you get rid of those three games in hand. That's six points that puts you to possibly getting into the wild card. I'll go ahead and say it right now. Right. I don't One know. more, if they go, if this team suffers another five, six game losing streak, or another streak where they lose five of seven <laughs> or six of eight, mm-hmm. 
then that, I think that should officially wave the white flag to the season. You start then you start really start thinking about the trade deadline, which is only a couple months away. Yep. And I'm thinking you become sellers and you start getting on that phone if you're David Coyle and you, you're prepared to go into a full-on youth movement next year, like we've been saying for years now. Yeah. But you really commit to it at that point. And that's kind of – let's get into our next segment that's going to take yeah. us into that. It's a pretty good. easy segment to get into. And that is what are what, what are we expecting for 2023 as a whole, the whole year, not just the season, but the whole year. And Mike, what I kind of alluded to earlier in this episode here was this, this is literally the crossroads of the National Predators franchise um, is coming up right here in the next couple months. Yep. And I think even if this team does make the playoffs and they lose in the first round again, it, it's it's I think enough's going to be enough. You got this new ownership that's slowly going to start working their way in. I don't know if Hines makes it one more year or not. It depends, I guess. I, I could see it going either way. He's only got one more year left on his contract as it is. He's yeah. definitely not going to be the head coach past that next year. His days are numbered either yeah. way. At, at the very most, he's got one more year left on his contract. He's definitely not a rebuilding uh, period coach for sure. No. Like <laughs> at all. At that point, um, at that point, you bring up Carl Taylor from Milwaukee. <laughs> That's my. Oh man, you want to talk about some happy fans? That would in, that would re-energize the fan base, and no one is saying if he became the head coach that this team would magically become a, you know, mm-hmm. a Stanley Cup contender. We realize mm-hmm. realistically it's going to take time mm-hmm. if you go if you make that transition, but at least the fan base would be energized again. At least yeah. you would have a new head coach in there who can mm-hmm. bring their own style and he's already developed a lot of these players as it is. And these players respect him. I would be all for it. If they do that in off season, I'd be all for it. So that's, that's one thing I'm thinking about in 2023 is this franchise Mm -hmm. goes in a completely different direction than what we've seen this franchise go in over the last decade. Plus I would have to go back. I would have to go back to when this franchise fired Barry Trotz (laughs) and went to Peter Laviolette. It would be the biggest shift in this franchise since that year. Yeah. Which was like 2013, I believe. And what what I just thought about it, what could be a shame is if they aren't sellers at the trade deadline and they try to stick it out, oh. then, well, that, that, that just puts off the inevitable and spreads it out even longer. It's like, if you're not, if you're not even in sniffing distance or if you're like right on the bubble of wild card, I just don't think it's worth it to 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 not uh, be sellers. I mean, well, that's and that that's the biggest nightmare of Predators fans right now. Yeah, exactly. Is is this team's going to be just relevant enough mm-hmm. to not get a good draft pick? Yep. Like, like we're not saying we want them to lose on purpose, but what we're saying, no, is, I will never say that <laughs> for sure. What we're what we're saying <laughs> is you can still be competitive, but mm-hmm. have a long term outlook on the future. And for whatever reason, this this front office just just they never seem to be looking at it from a long-term future outlook. They're always thinking about it like, oh, yeah. no, we're going to do everything we can to do it this year. Yeah. And it just yeah. hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. Yeah. And we we heard, um, what was it, like two years ago, the competitive rebuild or whatever. It, it can't even be that. It needs to be just like. Well, and David Poyle has said it plenty of times in interviews. He says that you're rebuilding every year. 
that was kind of his answer is every year, every team is rebuilding. You're always re I think he likes to use the term retool. You're always retooling your franchise. Yeah, for sure. But what a, like if he, if he's only got like one more year or two more years, what a, what a send off he's going to give himself if he has to rebuild this team in the final year of his uh, tenure with the predators. Talking about John Hines. No, uh, Poyle. Um, Oh Yeah had this long storied career and like his final year or two years, the predators are going to be possibly in a rebuild. I think mm-hmm. that would just be, that's, that's a crappy way for him to go out. But I think that's why this fan base is so, um, they're so numb to everything by now. They, mm-hmm. they have, that's why you see all the negativity on Twitter surrounding this team is because they're so sick of it. They've been dealing with this since, since <laughs> since the Stanley Cup year, this team is you know, yep, put us through all this. Yep, <laughs> Justin Cambino, we should retool management. Uh, yeah, hey man, that's probably gonna happen. I would say that's probably gonna happen. Anyway, you really think it's gonna? Ha- it's not gonna happen in twenty twenty three. I don't. No, think. it won't happen in twenty twenty three. But if if, if Paul if Paul's still in there, I think when the new owner takes over, I, I don't think he'll be in there for 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 that when when that guy takes over. Uh, depending on on how bad this season goes as far as let's say the predators completely miss the play fall out of the playoff race and the last month of the season they're not even in playoff contention Mm -hmm. that's going to be the first time this franchise has had to deal with that in almost a decade if they fall out of playoff contention that early yeah i could see john i could see john hines getting fired this offseason with one year left on his contract if the team falls back that far yeah because yeah. at that, because at that point, you, you've got yourself a pretty good draft pick. This draft pool, this draft class this year is way mm-hmm. deeper. I was looking at the draft rankings on some of these websites uh, a couple of days ago, and most of your top ten to fifteen projected picks mm-hmm. are offensive players. Oh wow! Centers well, and cent- centers and wingers. This draft class is very top heavy with centers and wingers. So if the, if the Predators can pick in the top 10 of the draft, I'm not even thinking about Connor Bedard. There are so many very intriguing prospects. I've looked at some mm-hmm. highlight film of some of these guys, and we'll get we'll talk about that when the time gets closer. Yeah. But it makes me excited about thinking about the Predators finally getting a top 10 pick. Yeah. So if they do get a top 10 pick or whatever, um, by the time that player is ready to be, you know, in Milwaukee or whatever – the the whoever's in charge right now probably won't be in charge and we won't run into the uh well you ruined Ellie Tolvin and you've ruined yeah. you know whoever else so the, um, yeah the, so the predators haven't picked top 10 in the draft since they picked Seth Jones wow. and that was uh, I believe that was 2013 yeah so wow. they just they very rarely ever pick that high in the draft and that so didn't really pan out did it that would be a welcoming sight for me well they got Ryan Johansson yeah, out that's of it. true yeah. Well, <laughs> so you can take that for what it is. Yeah. Sort of panned out, I guess. So, yeah, I guess that's another thing that fits into my 2023 outlook is where are the Predators going to pick in the draft? I would be totally fine as a consolation prize. If the Predators <coughs> miss the playoffs, give me a top 10 draft pick, and I will be extremely excited about the draft this year. Probably more excited than I've been in a while. Because – one thing I will give David Poyle credit with is he's strung together some really good draft classes recently. I, he's done a good job drafting. I'll give him credit on that. Right. He deserves credit for that. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, for sure. Just it's just what happens to them after that. But so let me ask you this: so let's say the Predators miss the playoffs this year, what does this team look like in the 2023-2024 season? What do you think they look like? I think that they will definitely trade a veteran away. Mm. Whether it's – well, first of all, i got to pull up their – let me pull up their contract situation first, their salary. Let's see who some unrestricted free agents are this year because that's actually actually a a really good question from Rich. I I think that – if they miss the playoffs and they're far out of playoff contention before the trade deadline, which is, I believe, March the 3rd, mm-hmm. you got to try to trade one of these assets, whether it's Matt Duchesne, whether it's um, Grandland, uh, Johansson. Their contracts are a little bit easier to move now. So I would start with those three guys. Mm-hmm. I would even think about trading Colton Sissons. That's as, a good much as, I, as much as I love Colton Sissons. Yeah. Yeah, man, you look at this contract tracker and there's some uh, – you got – I'm trying to just check it out real quick. Yeah, Mikhail Granlin sticks out and he's got um, th- um, two more years after this year. Ryan Johansson, that's another one. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Nito Niederreiter's got this year and next year, so – he might I not think, be around. I think they would keep him around. <coughs> I hope they do. I like him. They would keep him around. Yeah. But, yeah, let's look at some of these unrestricted free agents coming up this for this year. Um, Cole Smith is an unrestricted free agent. <laughs> <laughs> but I would – out bringing his name up. If this team misses the playoffs, you let Mark Jankowski go. You know, he's yep. 28. He's 28 years old. I actually like some of the things that Jankowski's done. Mm-hmm. But you let him go. Um, they don't have a ton of unrestricted free agents mm-hmm. this year. They have um, Michael McCarron, Zach uh, Sanford. Well, is it Sanford's gone anyway? Isn't he? Or is he? Is it, did he end up going down to Milwaukee? Oh yeah, gosh, I don't remember. I don't think they've updated this. They still have Ellie Tolvanen on here. <coughs> oh, you on oh, uh, oh yeah. Yakov Trinan's only got this year and next year, but. Uh, I think it, I think you want Trenton as part of your rebuild at yeah. 25. Yeah. Um, I but I think you're going to have to trade one of these big pieces. I think Ryan Johansson's contract is actually movable right it now because he's only yeah. got one more year left. He's st- you might have to retain some salary, though. Mm-hmm. You'd have to retain some of that $8 million salary. But yeah. I would look for a way to, to move on from Ryan Johansson. Yeah, unfortunately. He's my number one. I would move. I would even move from Michael Granlund too. I'd get rid of Mikael Granlund. I, I mean, I love the guy, but he's thirty. He's 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 he hasn't panned out quite like you need him to. And if you really yeah. are going to rebuild, that's a very easy contract to move. He's mm-hmm. only at five million. He's got two more years left after this year. Mm-hmm. I think you could move a Mikael Granlund very easily and actually get a decent return yeah. from him. So these are, back. I mean, these are tough decisions to make, but if you mm-hmm. truly want to be in a rebuild in 2023, I'm looking at Ryan Johansson and Mikael Granlund first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of, um, we're blinded a little bit by last year's performance. Granlund was amazing last year, but then, you know, this year is nothing. And, and, and you look, any and of you these look, guys. 
you look at Colton Sissons. I mean, I can right. I always for, I always forget how long of a contract he signed originally. Mm-hmm. He is still signed until 2026-27. Yep. He's just a 2.86. 2. Yeah, he's a very low for what he does for the team, that's mm-hmm. actually a bargain. It is. And it yeah. would be very hard to part ways from him, but I could see I could actually see a team taking a cha- taking that contract just because it's so low. I could yeah. see a team taking Colton Sissons. Mm-hmm. That'd be uh-huh. a hard player to lose for me, though. It would me too. It'd be rank up there with when they lost uh, Cali Yarncroft. And then, of, of course, Dante Fabro is your top trade. That's who you want to trade. That's who fans really want to trade at this point. They want him. They want him gone. Like oh, yesterday. And, I mean, obviously, that's the player that would be the easiest to move on from because you got Jordan gross. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if Dante Fabro is gone, Jordan gross proved to you that he can be counted upon to play every night. If you need him, I thought he did very, very well and responded to the pressure while Ryan McDonough was out on injury. So yep. yeah, of course, Dante Fabro is who you want to trade the most right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know what you're going to get out of him. That's really going to make you that much better. I don't yeah. know if there's the market's not going to be very high on him at all. Yeah, and they've got quite a few defensemen locked up for a pretty long time. Like Borby you're going to get a. I'd say this is probably going to be his last season. Unfortunately, I don't know. It just seems like it's the last for him. And then uh, Carrier is a is a restricted free agent after this year. And then all the rest of them are signed for four years or more, so or three more years after this year or more. So, got it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it like it is. I think the Predators missed the playoffs this year for sure. Yeah. That's my prediction for 2023. They're never, they're gonna miss the playoffs for the first time in nine years. Yeah. And next year's Predators team that gets trotted out is going to be one of the youngest teams that they've iced in a very long time. And I mm-hmm. actually think it's going to re-energize the fan base. I think so too. I think so too. But I think if they do that, I think they got to find another coach. I just don't. Think. And I can see that happening. I mean, yeah. I, I get it. If you're going to rebuild like that, then you need to start with a new head coach as well. I'm you right do. there with you. I just don't think. Um, I don't think he is good at um, building up young talent. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like it. You know, I don't know. Just from. Um, I say, and I say the most obvious choice is you promote Carl Taylor to his Mm -hmm. to an NHL head coaching job, because I'm I'm really worried that if they go out and they get one of these recycled head coaches that have that have already failed in other NHL stops, then you're just going to give yourself the same problem. Yeah, I agree. If this team is truly going to be a younger team Mm -hmm. and go through a rebranding of sorts with a younger nucleus of players, which They've got the prospect pool right now to, mm-hmm. to facilitate a rebuild. And I, it, no one said that if they're rebuilding, that means they have to be terrible. They can yeah, still compete. Have to be like they can still Chicago. compete. They can still put out a good – they can still compete. They can still put out a, a good product on the ice. You've still got UC Soros in net that's going to win you a lot of games. you still got the captain, Roman Yossi. you still got Philip Forsberg. You're still going to keep some of these – a mm-hmm. few of these players around. But mm-hmm. overall – the brand of this team needs to be a very young team, much like what the LA Kings did. Yeah, that that's kind of my blueprint. The Avalanche did the same thing. The Avalanche didn't yeah, just did. become a Stanley Cup team overnight. They were horrendous mm-hmm. for a long time. They were, and they. Absolutely. If you go back and look at their blueprint and how they built their team, they mm-hmm. they they drafted smart. 
They made really smart decisions at trade deadlines and in free agency, and they did it a multitude of different ways, and they took care of their stars when they needed to, like Nathan McKinnon yeah. and, and, and Cal McCarr. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it takes time, though. You have we, to be willing to go through it. We like to take care of our supposed stars other than, you know, Roman Yossi, but, like, our stars – are being taken care of, but they're not producing, and that's what's bad. That's I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw one more thing at you before we go to the next segment here, Rich. Have you seen some online chatter between Preds fans on Twitter and stuff saying that this offseason the Predators need to shop UC Soros? I did see that. I was actually gonna bring that up. I don't know how I feel about that. That but, just seems like, but who are you going to start net then? Because Kevin Lankinen's not coming back. No. So if you, if I mean, yes, you could get a huge return trade package for UC Soros. You could. I mean, you would get a king's ransom in return for UC Soros. That would be the ultimate rebuild yeah. move right there. No, it would be. Heck yeah, it would. But maybe if if they did that, and as much as I would hate it, you could keep. Lankin in if he's going to be mm. promised a starter role because um, he's been playing really well too. But um, man, that would be that, that would, would really, who, yeah. I, I think what know. we're trying to get at here, everybody, is 2023 is probably going to have plenty of drama. So let's yeah. just get ready for it. But probably the most we've seen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then so uh, buckle up. I wanted to bring up real quick our friend Nikki, who's on the podcast, uh, comes on here and talks mm. to us all the time. Um, she actually tagged me and you in a um, little a video clip from um, 102.5 The Game, Jared Stillman, talking about Barry Trotz um, being in Nashville or whatever. This is from December 20th. And I listened to the whole thing, and they're, they're, they're making it sound like he's, he's wanting a job somewhere. And that that's why he's kind of down here. So Yeah, well, I've also read – that he doesn't necessarily want to coach this year, but Not maybe get year. back, but get back into coaching next year. So yes, it's so, very possible that so the team moves go. on. The team moves on from John Hines, but they wait till the off season. They they let him go, and mm-hmm. then they get Barry Trotz. It could they happen. Get, they get Barry Trotz. He coaches for a year, and then moves into the general manager role. Hmm. A lot. I mean, there's a lot up in there, there. But what we're trying to say is 2023 is going to be a crazy year. Get ready for it, everybody. All right. So that's our overall outlook going into 2023. Buckle up. Uh, Justin Gambino on his on the thoughts about Soros. He's he says Soros is definitely a first round pick and prospects type of package. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine him not being here. All right, before we move on to our next segment here on episode 165 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe, your host, brought to you by DraftKings. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win, and much more. How many goals will be scored, and more for your shot, and an even bigger payout. So if you're feeling really, really lucky one night, you can do the same game parlays and have a lot of fun while you're watching the game. And of course, 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. It's easy to use. The app is so user-friendly. Deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes below the episode for details. If you need any type of gambling help, have a gambling crisis, a gambling problem, need counseling, referral services, there's plenty of phone numbers in the episode details that you can reach out and get help you need. All right. Let's play the game, Rich. Pick one, lose one. You want me to go first? How about you throw one at me? I have a good one. Are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. These are always tough, man. This is pretty good. Colton Sissons or Tanner Janot? Both have – Tanner Janot only has six points in 32 games. Big, huge drop-off from last season. Colton Sisson has has eight points in 32 games. Um, There you go. Which one you want? Yours is pick one, lose one. Sissons or Janot? Sissons or Janot. It's yeah. tough for me, man, but I'm going to go with Colton Sissons. You know I'm a Colton Sissons guy. Yep. He is – he's so underappreciated. Yeah, absolutely. He's and he's the Cali Yernkroc. He is so, – <laughs> he, he's never going to be confused as, a, as an offensively gifted high-end player. He yep. impacts his two-way game, his face-offs, his defense, his block shots, his intangibles, his on-ice leadership – I remember when we did the expansion draft episode, how worried I was about losing Colton Sissons Mm -hmm. to the Seattle Kraken. And as much as I hated seeing Cal Yarncroke get taken there, I was so grateful that it wasn't Colton Sissons. Yep. This is a tough one for me because you're talking about two players that (laughs) can do a lot in their two-way game. Mm-hmm. Tanner Janot has left a lot to be desired for me this year, man. He has. It's he has been really his, his offense, he's fallen off a cliff offensively. He He's mm-hmm. basically non-existent offensively. He still takes a lot of bad penalties at times. He loses his cool. He's been a little invisible out there. Yeah, He's still a great fighter, obviously, and everyone loves that. But I, after thinking about it for just like a couple seconds, it's a pretty easy choice for me. I'm taking Colton Sissons. I agree. One hundred percent with that. That's a good one. You would take Colton Sissons as well. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, I got a really, really hard one for you. I bet. I'm ready. Philip Forsberg or UC Soros? Holy crap! Um, I would take UC Soros. And why is that? Because I like goaltenders a lot. That's like my favorite thing. Man, if you this don't is have all good, hypothetical here, people. Like we're not sure. getting into contracts and uh, cap space. Where this is all just hypothetical for fun here. Yep, I love Philip Forsberg, but if you don't have a good goaltender, you really don't have much. Um, you look at Edmonton; they don't have a good goaltender, and if they did not have the other two players that they have, they would not be anywhere near where they're at. Um, if you don't have good goaltending, you don't. That's a, that's a good base, a good foundation for the whole it's, team. And, like, and to, to piggyback off what you're saying, Rich, because I completely agree with you, it's way yeah. easier to replace a Philip Forsberg than it is a UC Soros. 
It is. Just ask all the teams who have been goalie purgatory for years and years and years, where and then look at a team like the Predators, a franchise like the Predators that has been so lucky and so fortunate to have basically for the last 15 years, they've had UC Soros and, Pecor- and Pecorine yeah. as their two starting goaltenders. I mean, that is that's basically why the Predators have made eight straight postseasons. It's because they had Pecorine and UC Soros in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, <clears throat> even when Soros struggles, he still, you know, rebounds quickly and makes Incredible saves all the time. I mean, most of the time when Soros gets lit up for three, four, five goals, it's usually because of a parade to the penalty box. It's usually because of uh, the defense giving up odd man rushes left and right. Um, Mm -hmm. And it it really just eats at you. It gets under your skin when you see Soros get a great start spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. By the play in front of him. Losing to Colorado. That's exactly what happened. You know, they went on the – Right at the end of the, the third period, they put Colorado on the power play, started off four on three. That just wears people out. And then by the time the, the power play was over, like they didn't have anything left and they just could not stop Colorado. And Saros got the got the loss, unfortunately, because of that. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. You got another one for me? I do. Um, <laughs> this one's pretty good. Uh, Matias Ekholm or Ryan McDonough at this point? Matias Ekholm or Ryan McDonough? Ooh, that is tough. It is hard. Um, I have my answer because they, they both play very similar styles. They do. They're both they're they're both <coughs> very defensive minded, but they can both Ekholm can bring you a little bit more offense than McDonough, but not it much. Not, not much. much. That's a really tough one. At this point, yeah, that's a really tough one, man. Um, that's almost a flip a coin for me, but I got to pick. That's the game. Yep. Um, I'm going to keep McDonough. Good man. <laughs> because I look at Ekholm like you've had a good run. You've you've been with the Preds for a long time. He's top ten in all time games played for the franchise. I think he's yep. like seventh or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he's been with this team for a long time. He's done a lot of great things. They call him what do they call him? The Swedish Redwood. Swedish Redwood, yeah. which is just a, an elite nickname. Chris Mason. But, him, yeah. but I'm still gonna I'm gonna keep Ryan McDonough because he's the new guy in town. I love what he, what I've seen from him so far. I love his leadership. I love his penalty killing. I love how he does all he's the prototypical defensive defenseman. Yep. That this team needs because they have a plenty of offensive defensemen. They don't have a lot yeah. of really good defensive defensemen. So you need Ryan McDonough more than you yeah. need Matias Ekholm. I agree one hundred percent. So that with everything, Ryan McDonough also brings Stanley Cup experience to the team, and also him and Roman Yossi are amazing together. So I still don't. I still don't think they've given up a goal. Keep so, that while going on the ice yeah. together. Absolutely, keep that going because that's that's awesome. All right, you're going to laugh at this one. All right. Oh, my gosh, you're going to laugh at this one. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't wait. John Hines or <laughs> You ready for this? I'm ready. Hines or Poyle? I knew it. I knew Pick this one, lose. <laughs> you can't lose both. You can't lose both. Um, I'm going to go. Wow, that is hard. That is hard because you're kind of – it's like – 
picking which hammer to hit yourself in the head with. <laughs> which one's going to hurt the least? Both have potential to do damage. Um, I'm going to keep Poil because he's come. he's not got that much longer left. So, yeah, Hines, they could have so, a, a new uh, coach could have some impact. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip that little 10-second clip there and share it tomorrow, and I'm going to say <laughs> host Rich House says we should keep David Poyle, and I'm just going to watch your mentions blow up. Just do it. That would be awesome. I would actually never do it. that to you, Rich. I like you too much, and that would be really messed up. It. Your your Twitter mentions would be blowing up. You'd have to turn your phone off. You'd have to silence uh, Twitter for like the next three weeks if I shared a clip saying that you want the Preds to keep David Poyle. It would it, be, that would not it'd be a good prank. It would be, but it'd be a I, little messed not, up. It's not a big deal. People I want you to have the ability to use Twitter without your phone blowing up with angry Preds fans. <laughs> right. So I will true. not do that to you. Hmm. That's good. All right. Give me one more, Rich. Before well, we I was looking, I was trying to think because we can't we can't do Matt Deshane Duchesne and Johansson because we've already kind of talked about that. And we said we would think Johansson would be gone. Um, let's do one with, let's see who on here. We already talked about Granlin too. So that's tough. We talked about Chainer Geno. What about, let's do, let's do, let's do. Oh, this is a good one. Here you go. Would you want to get rid of, um, Yakov Trennan or Cody Glass? Um, I think I know the answer, but that's actually not that hard for me, honestly. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm picking Cody Glass, and I'm not even thinking yeah. thinking it, about it for longer than a second because Cody Glass is a prototypical center. Mm-hmm. He is so vital <laughs> to what the Predators are searching for, uh, as yep. far as having a true number one center down mm-hmm. the road. You're hoping and praying, at least I am, that eventually Cody Glass is going to be your top line center. For the future, for the rebuild, I want Cody Glass as my top line center. I like it. So, like no it. offense to Yakov Trenin, but he doesn't give me enough. He's he, he scores here yeah. and there, and I love his attitude. I love his passion, but yeah. Cody Glass is way more valuable to me than Yakov can, Trenin is. Yeah, I've got a harder one for you. I got a harder one for you, Cody right. Glass. Or you so parson. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. I think that. that's way harder. And I don't know I, how to answer that because they're both centers. They're both centers. They're both big bodied. I think <sighs> here's the thing, just to help you out with your choice here, Rich. I think Parsonin's ceiling is higher yes. than Cody Glasses. Uh agreed. so I would I would cautiously, and it would be so hard, I would cautiously lean towards you so parsoned but man that is not a fun choice to have to make it's not and um since parsoned had came you know he, he started off really well he's kind of dropped off some but the whole team kind of dropped off so you can't really look at that but looking toward the future watching you so and play it seems like he's got a little bit more skill than cody glass uh, it seems like he can move the puck better he seems like he's a I know. I think he's a bigger, a bigger he's guy. A more powerful. He's a he's he's a power yeah. forward. Like that. He's the true essence yeah. of a power forward. He uses yes. that big frame, that big body to yep. overpower defenders to work his way into the zone. He's already showing that at yep. this young point in his career. Yep. Whereas 
Yeah, I, th- I still think Cody Glass has a high ceiling too. He does. But, um, but, it's a tough yeah. one. But I'm going to slightly yeah. lean towards Parsonen if you made me pick one. Yeah. Well, I said he's bigger. They're the same exact height. And Parsonen has 10 pounds on him. That's it. Parsonen plays with more power, though. I he seems like, like he does. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Like he, he, he uses his body more to kind of to bully defenders and work yes. his way in. Whereas I see Cody Glass as more mm-hmm. of a finesse. Um, he's got great puck vision. Uh, he's got great ice vision. Yep. He's that prototypical center you want. If, the, if, they, if that can end up being your top two centers whenever the Preds move on from Grandland and Ryan Johansson, sign me up for that. And that gives yep. me reason for hope in the going down two, three, four years from now when those yep. players really meet their uh, highest potential. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if we can hold on to those two guys, if they are going to do this little rebuild, if that winds up happening, they could be future. The future. All right, we're going to have. We got, we got Taylor joining us. She covers the Dallas Stars. She's going to do a preview for us here in a little bit. Before we get to her, let's talk real quick about this preview, this matchup preview, Stars-Predators. The, Predator, the Predators played the Stars in mid-October, early in the season. They lost two games in a row to them by a combined score of 9-2. to two. The Dallas Stars are building themselves a little bit of a cushion in the division. They got a three-point lead in the Central Division. Um. I, I think the Stars are the most complete team in the division, maybe even more so than the Colorado Avalanche at this point. I mean, uh, they've, they've got young talent. They've got veteran talent. They've got <laughs> goaltending. They've got Norris Trophy-type talent. They've got Jason Robertson, who is Hart Trophy talent. They've still got Joe Pavelski out there. They've still got Jamie Benn out there. They, they're they just – they're loaded, though, man. They're, they they're, are loaded. And it's weird because it's like they somehow figured it out all of a sudden this year. You know what I mean? It's and I really can't tell crazy. you, I can't tell you how many games I've watched where the stars are down three, nothing they're down three to one. And it's like, you can never count them out. They always figure out a way to come back. I'd like to see how many comeback wins they have this year, because I'm sure they're close to leading the league at this point, because it just, I can tell you a handful of games I've watched where they come mm-hmm. storming back. So yeah. this is well, just another, it's going to be another really tough test. For the yeah. Predators, um, yeah. they've had a little bit of a break here over Christmas. Which um, they don't do good on days no. off. No, you can't <clears throat> afford to come out in this first period sleepwalking because I think the Stars will rock you for two or three goals in the first mm-hmm. period alone. I totally see that coming. So, and, and it's always a rough game between these two teams. It is. So. And Jason Robertson is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I can see. I can see that dude winning a Hart Trophy in the next five years easily yep he's that type little, of talent a little sneak peek into the uh dallas their last 10 they're six three and one the predators are three four and three mm. so yeah i don't know maybe maybe they can they always money, play well it seems money but. puck money puck has the stars as the slight favorite in this game but not as heavy favorites as you would think yeah well, they always play well. You know, this game will be this game will be in Nashville for the first meeting. Um, we'll have to wait and see if Novak gets put back into the lineup. Um, I would expect UC Soros to be in net again. We haven't seen Lankanen in a while. They've been rolling with no? Soros, but um, mm-hmm. I would totally expect it to be. Um, I would too. to be Soros again. Uh, but yeah, I just I look at the stars and I look at their forward group and they're just. Mm-hmm. Lines they roll out four really good lines. Line yeah. one through four, they're just loaded. They're stacked. They um, their defensive pairings are very good. Uh, so mm. 
Yeah, it's definitely it, uh, it's going to be Soros because uh, on the thirtieth they're playing Anaheim. I bet that's when you're going to see Lankinen because then the next day they're playing Vegas. So that lines up to where you want Soros starting against yeah. Vegas, and you definitely want him starting against Dallas. Even though Lankinen's been good, but yeah, you definitely yeah, want it to be. All right, we're going to get to that interview with Taylor. Uh, this is episode 165 of Catfish on Ice. If you're watching the live stream right now, we hope you have a very happy new yes. year. Bring in 2023 Thank with us. You. And we will see you on the other side. This has been episode 166 of Catfish. 165, I'm already ahead of myself. I know, right? 165 of Catfish on Ice. The future. Presented by DraftKings and part of Hockey Podcast Network with Chad and Rich out. Take it easy. All right, welcome back. This is Catfish on Ice, episode 165, as we continue to preview the matchup of the National Predators versus the Dallas Stars coming up this Tuesday evening in Nashville for the third meeting of the season between these two teams. Uh, For Predators fans, way back in October, uh, after they came back from the Global Mm -hmm. Series, the Dallas Stars, I think we all try to erase this from our memory, but the Stars... (laughs) <laughs> took the Predators out back, if you if you will, and beat them 9-2 to two over the course of two games. It was, honestly, the score felt worse than that. It was two complete dominating games. Absolutely. By the Stars. We've got Taylor Newby, who is the host of Two Girls, One Stanley Cup podcast. It covers the Dallas Stars, which is such a brilliant name for a podcast because the Dallas Stars have one Stanley Cup and two girls cover it is. this podcast. Welcome in, Taylor, yes. to the podcast. Uh, we love having you yes. today. Thank you for coming. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So first of all, tell us how you got into covering the Dallas Stars. Have you uh, been a fan of the team like your whole life? Is it a team, something you picked up later on in life? Kind of tell us how you started the podcast and everything. Yeah. Um, so actually, I've only been into hockey about five years. Um, Mike's husband played, and that's how I got into it. Um, and then once I got divorced, I really got into it. And then I found Twitter and <laughs> that kind of started all of this. Um, you know, it just sucks you in. But I guess I was just screaming into a void loud enough. And the website that I write for actually reached out to me and asked if I would consider writing. And it, it was something I'd never done before. Um, I wrote like in college for or whatever, mm-hmm. but I work in law enforcement. So not my forte at all. Um, But I started, uh, I wrote, they actually hired me and I got moved up pretty fast and turns out I'm not bad at it. Um, And then as far as the podcast, I met my best friend on Twitter, Stars Twitter. We met about a year ago and um, our friendship kind of turned into this personality on Twitter. And um, we did Twitter spaces and people started asking like, are you guys going to do a podcast? Y'all are so funny or whatever. So we started in August and it just kind of took off. Um, surprisingly, I didn't know that people wanted to listen to two, you know, silly girls talk about hockey, but it's actually, um, I don't know if you guys listen to it, but it's out of control. Um, but yeah, no, that's how it started. Uh, like I said, I've only been into hockey about five years and um, a lot of it I had to teach myself as far as like the stats and the analytics because mm-hmm. that's what I'm into. Um, so I've come a long way in just probably the last two years, really, as far as like the writing and everything. So it's been fun. 
You can def- I can tell you, you can definitely nerd out to hockey analytics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like money pug, natural stat trick, all that yep. stuff. I can spend hours just like looking at all that stuff. And half the definitely. time I don't even know what I'm looking at, but I guess I've gotten a little <laughs> right? better over and the years. And there's a stat for everything. And is, honestly, yeah. it is. started because, you know, guys on – social media they don't want girls telling them you know stuff about hockey so it turned into like this like i needed to know so i could be right or they wouldn't tell me that i was wrong and then it just blew up into this thing and now i know way too much (laughs) yeah well that's all those people those people who think you don't know anything just because you're a girl probably don't deserve the time of day anyway yeah that's That's how i feel about it but uh, (laughs) all right i've ever heard (laughs) so let's start talking about this matchup here um being joined by taylor who covers the dallas stars she writes about the team she has an awesome podcast that covers the team as well two girls one stanley cup go check it out um taylor what is this dallas stars team that is completely i I mean they've been good for a couple years now but they have clearly taken it to a whole nother level this year. Big I just said earlier in this episode tonight that I think the Dallas Stars are the most complete team on paper in the Central Division, mm-hmm. maybe even more so than the Colorado Avalanche. What do you think is what, – what's clicking so well for this Stars team to be in first place and looking really, really good? Um, well, first and foremost, Pete DeBoer getting a new coaching staff is what really because we had these players before, right? We mm-hmm. added a couple mm-hmm. here and there, but um, Rick Bonus really held us down, especially last season. Um, and I think his philosophy of defense first, and um, you know, we all talk about turtling like if we were up by one, we just completely stopped playing offense. Um, and he tried to push players into molds that weren't for them. Like Jamie Ben is the best example I have from that. Right. He didn't, he, I think he's finished last season with like 49 points this year. He's already almost to that. And we're going to pass that. Um, so Pete DeBoer really his style of getting everyone involved in the offense is really what changed the game for us. I think that we all knew Miro Haskinen had a, an offensive side to him that we weren't unlocking um, granted, in last season, he played on his weak side. We have him on a strong side with Niels Lundqvist, which was an addition we made. Um, but 100% the style of hockey we're playing is made for the team, the players that we have. Yes, for sure. I totally agree. Absolutely. I, I like what you say there about how this is, for the most part, this is the same team, the same players. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you have like that new mm-hmm. coaching staff. And you're not, you're not the first uh, – person from like that covers the stars who was a fan of the stars who wanted bonus gone uh due to his style of play not matching um we kind of feel the same way here in nashville about mm-hmm. our current situation as far as uh with our head coach john hines who also yeah. preaches defense and not a lot of offense and not taking a lot of chances um let's talk about jason robertson i i oh, think that I, if, if, if I'm a betting man and I am, I would be all over taking a bet that Jason Robertson's going to win a heart trophy in the next five years. He's that kind of dynamic talent and he's shown it this year. What do you, what do you think about Jason Robertson and what he's doing for this team? Um, it's, it's incredible, honestly. And it's so funny to me because, you know, he dropped down to the second, he was a second round pick because of his skating mm-hmm. and people talk about the 2017 redraft um, and who, you know, people on the Avs or their Avs fans are like, oh my gosh, you guys pass up Kale McCarr. But I'm like, everyone passed up Jason Robin. 
Um, but what he's doing is incredible. And Stars fans, we saw that last year. I mean, he killed it last year. He scored 41 goals. Um, but I think he's catching, you know, attention from other teams and stuff this year. And he went on that 18 game streak. Uh, he's already mm-hmm. scored 26 goals and we're only 35 yeah. games in. Um, so yeah, he's doing incredible things and hopefully, you know, he hits that 50 goal mark this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, an Rich. amazing talent. Jake Ottinger. Can't say enough about that dude either. He's a, uh, He's Stiller. one of the great young goaltenders in the Stiller league for sure. That's yeah, why I so. say that the Stars are one of the more complete teams they probably are, actually sure. in the entire league. Like when I look at their roster, I'm just like there's not a weak point really that I see on on your roster that can't win and you're built to win in the playoffs. That's the most important mm-hmm. thing. You you know, you have good enough goaltending, you have a good mix of young and veteran talent, which I think is key. And mm-hmm. um you excel at special teams, mm-hmm. which is important. Just you're doing all the right things. And so in this matchup, third meeting of the season, Preds and Stars. Um, Rich, I know you're going to ask Taylor a little bit more yeah. about the Preds perspective from a Stars fan. For sure. So fan. it's always a good matchup. It's always a good game. There's always a lot of, uh, you know, some pushing and shoving, lots of good uh, fights here and there. But uh, the Predators are struggling this season, obviously. Um they, the stars, the first two meetings, like we said, did not go well for the Predators. Do the Dallas Stars and the fans, do they see Nashville as any sort of threat? Uh, is it going to be a good game? You think it's going to be another blowout? Um, just from that perspective, what do you think? Um, I think it's always a fun rivalry, right? We've yeah. been having this rivalry for a while. Um, and especially for me, I went to the winter classic. So that was like when it really yeah. started for me uh-huh. sure um, a couple years ago. But um, I would say this game's probably going to be closer. Our scoring has not been what it was mm. earlier in the season. We're not winning like <laughs> 6-1 right now. Right. Um, so, yeah, there could be a good matchup. You know, if UC Saros is playing the way he normally does, I don't see why it wouldn't be a closer game. Um, I wouldn't say that we've completely had a lot of season left. Uh, I would this could have beat the Avalanche in the Jets for us <laughs> a few right. games ago, um, yeah. but no, I think it'll be, <laughs> I think it'll be a good game, and I think it'll be a lot closer than what we saw, you know, in October. Yeah, yeah. I would certainly hope so. I think the Predators right now are definitely more in desperation mode. Definitely. Whereas the Stars, I mean, I, I, I see the Stars is still keeping their foot on the gas. They're not going to rest. They're a smart team. But mm-hmm. the, the Preds are kind of already in desperation mode, even with this many games left in the season. I mean, their playoff hopes keep sinking and sinking. So if I'm the Preds coming into a game like this, this is a great opportunity to get a big win in the division, get some good mojo going um, out of Christmas break. And, um, you know, you're only like five points out of a wild card. So this is a huge game for the Preds here. Whereas the stars, they've built themselves a pretty good cushion here, uh, so maybe maybe the stars don't come out quite as fired up. That's my that's my hope. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's not mine. <laughs> yeah. No. So I got a good question for you here, Taylor. Um, <laughs> do you do you think this is a 
Stanley Cup or bust type of season for the Stars? Do you think fans are going to be really let down if the Stars lose in, let's say, the second round of the playoffs or in the, even in the conference finals? Are fans starting to really buy into this team that they can do something special this year and actually win a Stanley Cup? Um, I think uh... – so uh, during the off season, Jim Neal had said this was like a win now situation. Mm. Um, and I think at, during the off season, we were all like, what are you talking about? You know, we just <laughs> couldn't see it from last season um, because it was so frustrating. And, um, you know, we lost to the flames in the first round, even though um, we could have beat them. And, you know, Jake Ottinger was the only reason why we were even in that playoff series. But as the season comes along, I feel like we're all starting to really buy in. Um, personally, I don't know that we make it to the cup. I would say like the Western Conference for sure. Um, I think we're like one year away from having mm. the pieces that we need. Um, of course, playoffs are, you know, you get there and then it's a crapshoot, right? Mm -hmm. Weird things happen. Uh, the cup yep. run we had in 2020 was 100% on Anton Kudobin, I feel like. And no one had us in the cup that year. Um, so if we can get there, anything can happen. Um, I, For me personally, I don't think it's our year for the cup. I think we're at least one or two seasons away. We've got some older guys that we need to kind of <laughs> filter out of there and some, <laughs> some younger ones that are going to fill those roles even better. Um, so, but I think people are buying in. I think we have an expectation to go a couple rounds into playoffs and anything else we wouldn't be happy with. Um, but I'm trying to kind of settle myself down, you know, at the beginning yeah. when we were just killing yeah, it, I was sure. like, Oh, this is it. But I, I cannot emotionally go there. Yeah, right. I'm still not over 2020. So <laughs> I love oh, an objective point of view from someone and that was that makes a lot of sense you would expect someone to say oh yeah we're gonna win a cup this year because <laughs> the team looks that good but to your credit very objective response there yeah um i from me on an outsider looking in when i see a team like the stars and you know i've got a really good buddy of mine he's like my best friend he's diehard dallas stars and so i've always kind of followed the team from afar mm -hmm. just because of him yeah and so when it I look at the stars and I'm just like, they're going to make the playoffs definitely. And For then sure. it's definitely a team you don't want to face. And I'm, I'm still thinking about the avalanche once they get fully healthy, that mm -hmm. they're probably the front runners. Of course you got Vegas who's having a really good year, but I think it's going to come down to stars abs, you know, like a Western conference yeah. final type of scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think that's my expectation is it's us two in the Western conference. And then um, whoever wins, I think they play Boston and I'm not Ooh. sure who wins that to be honest. Uh, I am. I'm sure who wins. <laughs> that. All right. The, the resident Boston Bruins fan on the podcast is Mr. Rich. That's my, that's my, that's my second favorite team. Yeah. I, I think don't say any, don't say anything bad about poster knock or no, he might come yeah, through the screen. Don't speak bad about poster knock. Yeah, for sure. He'll, he'll get smoke will come out of his ears if he think, say anything yeah. bad about pasta. That's, that's funny. funny. That's good. <laughs> but um, that's, all right, that's uh, funny that you brought up the the 2022 Stanley Cup because I just remember like they rode Anton. You mean 2020? So hard. You mean 2020? Rip. Yeah, 2020. That's what I meant. Yeah, um, and then just seeing the uh, that um, shot of Jamie Ben in the locker room by himself, mm -hmm. I was like, like. 
I wasn't a huge. I, I like Dallas now more that than you don't that you don't have Corey Perry. I can. I like oh him my gosh, I love Corey. Perry I know so much. Yeah, but <laughs> but just just seeing Jamie Ben like on that bench, just like lost. He looked lost. I was like, man, I, I really feel bad for that dude. <laughs> That yeah, was a crazy a run. Break. That was a crazy run for the stars. You know, that yeah, was a weird was. that was a weird playoff year because it was in the yeah. bubble and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I remember at the time and thinking we had lost our coach and then COVID mm-hmm. happened. Yep. Yeah. Was, that was a wild run to the Stanley Cup. And yeah. I think you won game one, didn't you? Didn't you beat the Lightning in game one? I don't remember. Sure you did. Yeah, I don't remember the uh yes. I think Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure this. Is, I'm pretty sure the Stars won Game One, and I remember thinking, "Wow, they might actually do this." We're but all just course, to get the COVID years, so nobody can remember. But, um, all right, well, this has been fun, Taylor. Yes, um, thank we'll you have to bring much. you on again sometime as the playoffs get closer. Um, we really appreciate it, uh, and we will see you soon. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Had a great time. No problem. Take care. This has been episode 165 of Catfish on Ice. Take care, everybody. We will see you next week. Have a good one.